This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and David Sundman. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, welcome back to another week on Behold. And we hope that this is going to be a just a great discussion today, and we're grateful that you've joined us. Whether you're a first-time listener, if you are, bingo, congratulations, welcome, we're glad that you're here. If you're a, a frequent listener, then again, man, thank you for choosing to spend this time with us as we together, you in a listening context and us as speaking uh, just think about and chew on and discuss some of these truths together. This is Sean and Dan, as always, and today we have a blast from the past, the one and only, <laughs> the infamous David Sunman. What's Ooh. up, McClayton? Ooh, McClay, I like that buzzword there. You look handsome as ever. The jawline is crisp. Chiseled out of out of marble like a Greek god, you look amazing. Oh my goodness! Are you going to keep this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, David. Um, you know, so those listening who don't know, David has been really involved in our teaching team over the years, and recently has been called up to Portland, Oregon, to serve there in city teams. And so, David, give us an update. Yeah, I can imagine that things right now are a little bit crazy with COVID changes and whatnot. So what's happening right now for you up there uh, with city teams? Yeah, thank you, Sean. You could even say that I was scattered to Portland. Wow. Ooh. Wow, someone's, someone's been keeping up with, with our stuff. Hey, also, I, I, I'm, I'm getting uh, a fact checker in my ear. I believe it's city team, not city teams, right? I know, I know you've been on your, uh, on your ivory soapbox a little bit. I, I had to call out Pastor Wayne from the pulpit. No, once. I remember that. Yeah, because it's you know it's one team in many cities, just like Valley Bible Church is one church in two locations. I love, it. I love it. I'm a factoid when it comes to that kind of stuff. Sean is like rolling his eyes. I mean, so it should be cities team then. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> give us an update. Sure. Things are going well up here. You know, with COVID, we're having to adapt. You know, we're having to make plans for the holidays uh, to to do what we would normally do in, in feeding and clothing and providing other services for those in need. Only we can't really use any volunteers. And so it just creates a lot of, um, you know, additional uh, responsibility for us as a staff and for our clients who are always a big part of what we do. Um, and so we have plans to pass out hundreds of food boxes and turkeys. Uh, we every year here in Portland partner with a local Hispanic church. Uh, and we've, we've uh, been in touch with a partner of ours who, who works with immigrant families who uh, have done surveys for those who are out of work. And there are families of four or five people who are surviving on $250 a month right now. And so food is a very real need for many, many, many families, uh, both here in Portland and in the Bay Area, for anyone who's connected to City Team in the Bay Area as well. Uh, so we know that we're needed more than ever, and we're excited to be able to serve, and, and trusting that God is going to provide what we need. 
Uh, besides that, we've been protected from COVID still. We've had guys who've gotten sick that we've had to quarantine and take to get tested. And thus far, we've had no positive cases. So very grateful there. Wow, that's and amazing. Portland. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Uh, and for us here in Portland, we're actually the only city team location that has more men in our residential recovery program than less during COVID. We've actually expanded our program to be able to house more men and serve more uh, who, who are in need of life transformation. So we're excited about that. Wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. And, uh, for those that don't know, David, you, we, you keep coming, uh, to, to the teaching team meetings on Wednesday on Wednesdays. Um, so you're still working with our, with our VBC teaching team. Uh, obviously I think, I think you've been keeping up with what we're doing online and watching the stream and stuff, but, but how has it been connecting to a church up in that area? Are, are you starting to dig some roots down and, and have some community and be able to serve in, in a local church. How's that going? It's been great. So I've gotten plugged into a local church called Trinity Church Portland, uh, a wonderful Bible-believing uh, church that has a lot of the same characteristics of Valley Bible that I think are really important, sound doctrine, really caring community, and lots of opportunities to serve. Uh, and so far, you know, I, I, I've met with a couple of the pastors and I told them, look, I, I just want to be a part of what you got going on any way that I can. So, so far I've, you know, volunteered uh, when we've gone out to, to serve um, and, and outreach opportunities. I've done security, uh, nice. <laughs> so, um, you know, to just help with, you know, our uh, folks who are parked to make sure no one breaks into cars and stuff like that. And so, you know, I told them, look, I, I'm willing to do whatever you have a need for. Um, and I hope that that would be a model that, that everyone would want to follow when they come into a church community is just, hey, where is their need? I want to help in any way that I can. And so it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, But I've also really enjoyed staying connected with VBC. And something, you know, that's been so cool is that, you know, even during this time, and I don't want to discredit anyone's feelings of feeling really disconnected because they're totally valid. And, and I know that a lot of people are feeling that way. But what's been an added benefit for me of this current situation is that I've been able to stay connected with people in the Bay Area in a way that I wouldn't be able to probably otherwise because people are doing things through Zoom. So I've been able to stay connected with the teaching team at Valley Bible Church every week. I still do a Bible study with my buddies from VBC on Friday mornings. Um, and, and so for those reasons, it's actually been an opportunity for me to stay more connected than I feel like I would have otherwise. So that's been great. That's awesome, dude. Thanks for wow. sharing, man. Yeah, David, thanks for the update. And thank you for, uh, I feel like you model well what it looks like to serve with your time. You know, a lot of us are so busy. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. And not many people would move to a different city in a different state and continue while serving in the city team. I said it right that time. While <laughs> getting plugged in with your Trinity Church, still participating in our teaching team meetings and Bible studies. So, man, what a stud. Thank you for being an example in that way and modeling what a sharp chin looks like. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, th those of you who have been listening or following along with us on Sundays, you know, that we're in our together series, which we have been loving so much, just examining and discussing the many, many ways that God has designed us to do all these different aspects of life together. And in this last Sunday, Jason Moog, uh, we're beginning to land this plane, as he would say. We have one more week together, and then we're moving on to a different teaching series, which we'll talk about uh, later in this episode. Um, but Jason Moog gave us three anchor words, is what he called it, three anchor words to help us remember as we move on from the series what these central truths were. 
Um, cause you know, a lot of us have pulled so much great fruit from this and been equipped and stuff, but as we move away, we need tools to help us remember. So Jason gave us three words as tools to help us remember. So maybe just to get things started off, we can talk about those three words one at a time and yeah, just pick them apart a little bit and see how they resonated with you guys or little insights from when Jason taught that, that sat well with you. So the first one of those three anchor words was gather, that we gather as God's people. So as Jason taught, or even in this whole series, like what are some parts of the idea of gathering that has really uh, impacted you guys? I'll start us off. I think it was really encouraging how he just made sure, he kind of started off just by saying, let's just make sure we all know what we're talking about together. That that when when we when we when when the word church is mentioned um, in uh, the New Testament, it's that word ecclesia, right? And a lot of times that in our modern context, we've lost the meaning of what that word is, and we tend to think of it as a, a building or uh, an institution or some kind of organization that uh, maybe sometimes reflects a, a business model more than even than, than a family model, and so he just. I think brought us back to what does it actually mean? You know, what does Paul actually mean? What does Luke actually mean in Acts? Like when he's talking about the church and just that idea that the church is not the build building, that the, the church is, is us, the, the people. And just that, that concept um, I, of, of us being um, living stones that Peter writes about is, is that God is, he's, he's uh, gathering us together to be this place where, where his spirit can reside, where, where he can live. And he's using not, not physical bricks, not physical stones to build that structure, but he's using us. We're, we're the bricks, we're the stones. And <clears throat> I just think that is such an important thing for us to, to hold on to, especially now when we can't even be inside our building, right? <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the parking lot or we're, we're, we're at home and we're, we're connecting over the internet. So just that concept is, it's great because it transcends the normal rhythms that maybe we've gotten used to. And it, it's just, it's bigger than, than what we make it oftentimes. That's great. I love the example that he used of, you know, comparing our perspective or, you know, what can become our perspective versus, in the first century when, you know, they had no sense of a building as <laughs> for the right, church at right. all. You know, like, hey, we're painting the church and they'd be like, well, what does that mean? You're going to paint the people, you know? They would have not even have had a concept like that. Um, and something just along those lines, Dan, uh, something that I've been thinking a lot about during this series is, you know, why we gather is because we love the church. We love the people of God. We love to be together. We love to enjoy all of the ways that we can benefit from being gathered together, you know, with each other. Um, and so I, I, you know, I've come into contact with people, you know, over the past few years who will say something like, Oh, I don't really like to be a part of, you know, the, the, uh, the church for this reason, you know, I kind of do my own thing. I like to just, you know, be with my family or like to, you know, like, I don't, I don't like the organized church. I like to kind of do this, you know, I like to have my own ministry, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, usually they have some, some reason why, you know, they feel that way, why they want to kind of do their own thing. But more and more, I realize that 
you know, in order to, to have that kind of perspective, you are denying what Christ has called his bride. It's not a church of man. It's it's his church. It's it's the church of Christ that he has called us together as one body, as his bride. And so for someone to say, well, I'm separating myself from the church, you're saying, well, I'm separating myself from God's chosen vehicle to bring his message of salvation to the world. So it's not like you're just designing, you know, or denying a man-made institution. It's God's institution, his eternal church that that people would be separating themselves from. And so I've just grown more in my love for this, you know, with all the imperfections, with all the things right, that we right. don't do perfectly, this is Christ's church and we're, and we love it, you know? I love that. I love that. I love that too. And I, it's, I think about like our families, you know, no one's family is perfect. We don't pretend to never make mistakes or never need uh, correction or exhorting or whatever it is. But that's the beauty of being a family is that you're in it together. You're, you're being together. If you have that one uncle who like doesn't want to come to any family functions and he doesn't text you back or call you back or whatever, like functionally, he may by blood be, but he's not acting like he's part of your family, right? And so it isn't the same with us. And I also love that like thinking about now versus then, just their inability to compute <laughs> the way we talk about church now. I think language is so important because – you know, now we just can't help it. When we talk about things in a certain light, it influences the way that we think about those things. And now we're so quick to be like, yeah, at the church, I'm going to the church. I'm going to do things at the church. But we forget, like Jason said, we don't gather at the church. We gather as the church. And it definitely, I think, just points toward that that lack of personal conviction and personal, um, we'll get to that later with the, with the matter part of it. But you have a personal piece of it, like you said, of Christ's church. And we can't neglect that. We can't neglect to meet together as as his family. Yeah, and obviously there's there's very unique challenges that we're facing right now. But one of the things that was really interesting in, in our Connect group after Sunday that we talked about was somebody had shared some perspective about some time that they had spent uh, on mission in China and just talking about the how there's not as much of an openness there that a lot of the the Christian churches are are, are underground um, they're they're meeting in secret and there are a lot of there's a lot of persecution whether it's from the government or just socially and there's not some of the things I think we take for granted like meeting in the open air in a parking lot in broad daylight, hundreds of people with loudspeakers. There's a lot of places in the world that don't have that freedom. And so for, for us to just, I think we like that Hebrews 10 passage that Jason gave us, don't neglect meeting together, even if it's hard. (laughs) And I, and you think about these churches that are underground throughout the world that, that they're, they're meeting and gathering together uh, maybe it's a smaller group and it's not open air and it's not with loudspeakers, whatever, but they're, they're doing it even under uh, immense risk and, and persecution and, and the possibility of, of even loss of life or, 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 you know, whatever. So I just think <clears throat> it's easy I've, for us right now to, to get a little fatigued with the circumstances that we're under and especially now our county has ha- things seem to be getting worse with the COVID cases and uh, things are kind of maybe headed towards another shutdown or whatever. And 
I think it would be really easy for us to, to give up the gathering aspect of our church to just to, to neglect meeting together. And whether it's like through zoom or, you know, in small groups outdoors in a backyard or in a parking lot or whatever, tuning into the online services, it is so, so important. It is, it is a mandate for us. Um, it's, it's the norm for us. We have to continue to meet together, even in the face of difficulty or opposition or, or fatigue. Yeah. I just, so let it be known listener, just, this is a, a mandate from God that we need to be gathering together and there's benefits. It's, it's a joyous thing. You know, this reminds me, um, Dan, you know, this on staff, we've been going through, um, this equipping series about the, the tactics of Satan and how he influences us or seeks to do so. And this, this reminds me of the process that happened in the garden with Eve, you know, God told her something, gave her a command about not eating fruit from the tree. And then the serpent came and said, oh, did God really say that? And I think so frequently we have that same thought process with stuff like this, you know, let it be known. We need to meet together even during a COVID shutdown. And the temptation, like Dan said, is once things start happening and it's Sunday morning at 930 and your kids are running around, you're kind of tired. You're going to have that thought, which I think can be from satanic influences of, yeah, do we really need to tune in? Do we really need to be a part of church? Do we really need to gather? Like we're fine, but we're just going to nip that truth right now. Yes, you do. And of course, we're not saying, oh, if you miss a Sunday, you're not Christian or anything like that. <laughs> we just wanted to stress the importance that should be in all of our hearts of of gathering as his people. And one of the things that I'll just say too, to to if there's any parents listening, it w- w- when we were in the groove of of watching church online, we've got some young kids at homes em- at home, Emily and I. And it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a disaster. I'll be honest with you. You know, they, they don't, they don't always sit down and listen and, and they're, they're squirrely. And, and a lot of times we just have to kind of concede a uh, victory and just let them go, you know, play toys in their room or, or run around outside or whatever. But I want them to, when they think about, about 2020, when they remember this season, I want them to remember mom and dad were committed to going to church. We were, they were committed to gathering together with the people of God and it didn't matter what, you know, what happened or what was going on in the house. We always stopped on Sunday morning to, to, to meet with the people of God and to hear from the spirit of God and to get into the word of God. And I just, I think even if they, even if (laughs) they don't get anything out of it, other than that, even if I'm semi distracted and I can't really focus uh, to me, there's such value in in the example that I'm I'm setting for my kids and the the rhythm of of my family life of just Sunday mornings we go to church is what we do. Yeah, and one of the things that we did in the teaching team during this series is that we asked ourselves what would be some lies that people might be telling themselves during this time about you know regarding being connected, and one of them is. I can't have personal connection unless I'm face-to-face with other people. Now, of course, it's different to not be able to be face-to-face, say, like, if, you know, if things shut back down again, you know, uh, it, it's, it's obviously different. That's not, that's not a lie. But it is a lie to say I can't have personal connection. I can't be gathered in some way with the people of God if I'm not 
face to face with them. It's it's been a grace of God that we can, you know, gather together through Zoom or even over the phone or even socially distanced, what have you. That there are ways to be gathered, uh, even if they're not our our first choice, but we can still be connected during this time. Man, preach it, amen to that. This reminds me of you know before I worked uh, at Valley Bible Church. I worked a job in the tech industry where I had to travel a lot and I would have to travel overseas pretty frequently, many times a year for a couple of weeks at a time. And I just think about what that looked like with my relationship with my wife, Patty. You know, we, of course it stinks. I never liked traveling. That's part of why I don't have that job anymore. I hate being apart from her. But when I was in China or wherever I was on that particular trip, what would I do? I would FaceTime my wife every moment I could. I would be texting her throughout the day. I'd be calling her. We'd be connecting still. And unfortunately, like for some reason with COVID, when it comes to the church context, some people I know who I love and cherish, they have this attitude of, oh, if it doesn't look exactly how I want it to look, I'm not interested. I'm just going to veto it. I'm just going to tap out boycott. my boycott church online until we're in person again. <laughs> And maybe that's because of personal convictions or that's because of disagreements with what, how the church is handling things or, or whatever. But I just could not fathom the idea of if I'm going to go overseas for two weeks, just because it's not this perfect picture of how I want it to be, not staying in touch with my wife for those two weeks. You know, like my love for her, my desire to connect with her is so much greater than my annoyance and inconvenience at having to do it through a phone screen. Drop the mic, um, dropping the mic yeah, right great there. Great analogy. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, what about the what about the second anchor word, uh, scatter? Would you guys uh, would you guys think about how Jason presented that on Sunday? Would you guys would you go where'd you go with it? I'm gonna pass it to our resident scatterer right here. Yeah, dude, you're super scattered right now, bro. Absolutely. Well, well, first, um, you know, I love that he emphasized that you know, as the church, yes, we gather, but it's not just you know, for, for this purpose of just keeping what we have to ourselves, you know, we get sent out, we get, we, we want to go and be in the world, not of it, uh, so that we can bring God's message of salvation to the lost. I mean, that's, that's a commission that we have. And so, uh, you know, a story that I always like to go back to is, is an Acts after, uh, you know, in Jerusalem, Stephen is, is stoned, and it's this huge, horrible event that clearly would have been, you know, you know, largely tragic and sad and traumatic, but God used it to scatter these people of this early church to all these different places, and then the gospel just spread like wildfire. And so even in situations where Things are looking very dim and dark where we have to, you know, go out and be in these different kinds of places and we would maybe like to be. God can use that so that we can bring his message to people who need it. And even I think of during this time, you know, I remember when everything went live stream that you were hearing stories of, well, gosh, there's hundreds of people, you know, who wouldn't who have never watched our service, but they're across the world. They're in different places or families have unsaved people in their homes who are then watching the live stream services when they would not normally come to the building to go to a, you know, a church service. And so who knows how this time has allowed for God's message of salvation to scatter in ways that, that we never would have accomplished previously. 
Man, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. The, just the example in, in Acts um, 7, it's chapter 7, right, with, where Stephen is stoned and then, and then you know, every, everybody scatters. Because I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days, and I know that there there's there's reason to believe that some of the religious liberty that we have in America is is maybe starting to be encroached upon. And I think people that are kind of keeping an eye on where our nation is going politically and just the attitudes socially kind of are are shifting like we talked about a few weeks ago, more towards a a secularist worldview, more towards a a liberalist worldview. And that can make us really nervous. And there can be a lot of trepidation for us as the church and for us as followers of Christ. There's reason to believe that the heat might be getting turned up, right? That the pressure might be getting put on a little bit more. And one of the things that we see in 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 Acts and and really all throughout um, Scripture is when when the church is persecuted, that's when things expand the most rapidly, and that's when when um, I mean you could even look at there's modern day examples of that where the church is you know the, the the government or the or the society tries to push down the gospel and the kingdom, and it just spreads rapid even more rapidly, and so I understand that that there could there's fear involved there and and. We ha- we definitely want to be um, we want to remember those things that that we learned in our Roman series about living peaceably and about um, you know submitting to the the authorities that God has put in place so long as they don't counter anything that Christ has taught. Uh, so we got to hold those things in mind, but we also got to be aware that things could be shifting to a, a time where maybe it's not so easy for, us, for for us in America to be Christians. Maybe there's, there's going to be some persecution coming our way. And the thing that I think will help us endure that is this idea of scattering and then seeing how things expand. And so I, I just, I love that um, idea, David. I'm glad you, glad you brought that up. Yeah. And you know, just, I just want to say a quick note about this. You know, Dan, you mentioned uh, authority and, you know, that, that we're committed at VPC to as best as we can submitting to authority and, and following rules and guidelines so long as we can do it in a way that we're still able to, to freely and fully uh, worship and give glory to Jesus Christ. And, you know, one thing that uh, I just want to make clear to people is that even though we have said this and we're doing our best to, to walk the walk the walk there as we uh, say we're committed to following guidelines. We just want to be clear that that's because so far we're convinced that these guidelines and rules and laws have not limited our ability to worship Jesus. However, like Dan said, it, it seems like in culture and in society, things are starting to move in a direction where we could easily see uh, it becoming hostile to Christ. We just want to make it abundantly clear that at Valley Bible Church, we are absolutely committed that we're going to worship God, we're going to worship Jesus, and we're going to make his name known no matter what the, the, the circumstances are, which means if there are laws passed, God forbid, that, that, that put restrictions on what we can say or do as we worship, we will absolutely defy those laws. No question about it. The elders will do that before you can even blink. 
And I say this because that's one thing I've heard during COVID is some people think that we should be uh, standing up against guidelines and defying laws. And, and that's just because we're, again, not convicted that these particular ones are limiting our ability to worship. However, again, if that day comes, we will fight the fight and we will stand up for Christ. I love that. The, you know, another thing on this whole scatter issue is there just this idea of us being ambassadors of Christ. And Jason gave us that second Corinthians passage, uh, chapter five, where Paul talks about us uh, being, being given this ministry of reconciliation that, that uh, we've been reconciled to God. And so therefore we are, uh, we're invited into this ministry where we can tell and encourage other people in our lives. Hey, you be reconciled to God too. And I just, the thing, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is just that, that um, one phrase in verse 20 there, it says, God is making his appeal through us. And I just, I, that has been really profound for me lately, just because do you guys think God could make his appeal any way he wants to the, to the un, unsaved world? Could he do it any, any way he wants? He's God. Yeah, right. I mean, he could, he could ride it in the clouds if he wanted to, or he could, um, I don't know. He could appear, uh, you know, and, and physically and, and, and tell the world about his kindness and goodness. And, and, but for whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, he chose us to be his ambassadors. He chose us to carry his banner into the unsaved world. And I just think about all, like, I think about all the individuals that we have that are, that make up our faith family in all the different places and arenas and venues that they're in day in and day out, uh, places of work, uh, you know, Zoom classrooms, um, neighborhoods, households, families. There's there's groups you're part of. There's interests that you have that are unique. And and we have an incredible opportunity. And, and that's, I think, the wisdom of God is we... He, we can go out and scatter and, and have this kind of influence in the world with, with people that can change eternity. And, um, I just think what I really liked about how Jason explained that is it, is it, it got me fired up. Like it, it was like, yeah, I mean that, that is God's plan. There's no plan B like he's making his appeal to the world through us. We are his ambassadors. And, I don't know. I think that if we really think about it, 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 it'll get us excited because it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And you make a great point because, you know, just like we have an example of what we ought to do in the early church when they scattered, we also have an example of what we don't want to do in the Pharisees and that they were separatists and that they wanted to separate themselves from people that they deemed to be sinners, the pagan, you know, world around them, because they didn't want to catch sin like a disease, right? Unclean, unclean. Un exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so instead, we go to those people. And so as you guys already mentioned, if we're moving towards a secular society here, that's just all the more opportunity for us to go and be representatives for Jesus. And I love that Jason used this term, conduits of his love. That we are so people good. who connect the lost to God's love. 
that God's love is going to be administered through us, that these are people who need God's love. They're lost. They don't know God. We are going to be the connector for God to, to you know, give his love to them through our, you know, sacrificial lifestyle and, and you know, the words that we have from scripture that we can share with people. It's an amazing opportunity. Dang, it reminds me of a song we sing. And as ambassadors, we reflect his love. Sounds That's exactly good, right? like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. All right. Well, here's the shameless plug. Dan's excited about it. Uh, our song together in this that we wrote for this series is on all platforms now. Go listen to it. And it talks exactly about this, this issue of being an ambassador, of representing Christ, of scattering and, and living life as as one in in our uh, circles, in our different societies. And so go ahead and listen to that. We wrote it um, with help and we have been blessed by it as a church family. And we'd love for it to continue blessing you even as we depart from the Together series. Now, back to the ambassador thing. You know, I so much uh, agree with both of you about just the ways that, that resonated with me. It does fire you up. It does get you excited. Like, man, God has charged us personally with this. But I also loved Jason as he talked about just that word as ambassadors, like picturing that. Because normally when I talk about that and think, oh, as an ambassador, you know, I've been charged. I think of it really as like messenger, you know, or like person who has a message to carry on. But I loved Jason's intentional intentionality in pointing out like, and what is the role of an ambassador? Like, think about it actually, like even today, but also 2000 years ago, what does an ambassador do? They go, they scatter, they go into a place, they go into a culture, they immerse themselves in that culture, they learn that culture, they, they learn the language, they learn those people, but they don't become the culture. And I think that's, that's the balance that's so hard for a lot of us to strike in our workplaces, in our school settings, whatever it is, is is it's so easy for us to become the culture before we know it. So I just love that idea of like, you know, Dan, you and I were talking last night about it, the same thing with the Pharisees of like, for a lot of churches, it's easy to have their head in the sand. You know, they they don't know the culture. They don't, they're not interested in knowing the culture, but we don't want to get there. We want to immerse ourselves in the world, but not become the world so that we can be more effective ambassadors and messengers for Christ. Well, that's a great segue into the third anchor word. Which is, of course, fellas. Matter. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, man, I think that that is a great, like, if you look at that John 17 verse, or, uh, you know, um, section of scripture that, that Jason gave us is verse 15. It says, my, you know, Jesus is praying this for for his disciples and and for anyone who would come and follow after him. Verse 15, it says, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. And, um, you know, just as the, just as, as the father was in Jesus, um, may they also, uh, you know, have that same fellowship and connection with, with me, Jesus is praying so that the world may believe, right. So that the world may believe in, in the message and, and why Jesus came into the world. And I just love that idea that, do you guys do you guys think a lot of people struggle with purpose in life? Like what what why am I here? You know, I think it's easy for people to be maybe stuck in a dead end job or feeling like um you know maybe their uh their personal goals or hopes or dreams like haven't panned out and 
I think it's easy for us to feel aimless sometimes when we're, when we're thinking in worldly terms. And so if, man, if you, but if you read this prayer, this priestly prayer of Jesus for us, there's, there's just an immense, uh, beautiful, incredible, like purpose in it. And, and, it, and we can get a sense of that if we, if we cling on to this anchor word that this, this role that God has called us to, it really does matter. Mm. Absolutely. In fact, you know, this, this harkens back to one of my favorite sections that we covered in this series that, that Gary taught through in first Corinthians chapter 12, how important every single person is to the mission and something that, that, you know, really struck me. I'll read from, uh, chapter 12, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And so for anyone who feels like, man, I don't have that kind of like upfront kind of gifting. I'm not really... I don't feel like, you know, I have as much purpose, you know, in what we're doing here in the church that actually God is saying, no, it's actually the opposite. You are needed. Everyone is necessary in order for us to accomplish the mission that's been set before us. And so, you know, when we think about people who don't have the kind of upfront kind of giftings, it's like, man, for those of us who, who do, it's like we need to be showing you guys even greater importance, even greater value because without you, we couldn't do what we do. Yeah, and and the the mission of the church, the the how the body functions, is is hindered if 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 everybody is not bought in. You know, J- Jason Jason gave this this a couple great analogies. You know, one one was a uh, was a uh, from the nineteen eighties Voltron. Um, you know, coming together. Uh, there were there were these certain missions that that just needed all hands on deck. Right. And, and, and it was, it's just this cool thing. Like Voltron didn't exist unless everybody came together. Uh, And uh, being a, being a child of the nineties you know, I'm not as old as, as Jason. Uh, I immediately thought of, of power Rangers, right. Same kind of, same kind of deal. Right. Or uh, what about like captain planet? I feel like captain planet is, is applicable as well. Um, When our powers combine, right. But and then and then Jason also talked about Apollo Eleven, like putting him putting people on the moon, which is just crazy. And he talked about all the different components that that go that went into not not only the the, the human element of it, but but just all the all the pieces that compiled these this this spacecraft and the rockets and and everything else. It, it's really a great analogy. And and if if imagine what we can accomplish if everybody is bought in that, that they matter. And if everyone really believes what Jesus said and prayed and what Paul taught that, man, like we're all, God's equipped us all with, with things to offer, to build up the church for these works of service, you know, to, to proclaim the hope of God into the world. And we're, 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 exponentially greater together than we are apart. You just reminded me of this great story uh, that I heard about that many years ago, John F. Kennedy, when he was president, he visited a NASA 
facility, base, whatever. Uh, and he was walking through the halls and there was uh, a gentleman who was sweeping or mopping, doing something like that, some, some type of custodial work. And he asked him, Al, what's your, what's your role here? And he said, well, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Like this guy knew it. He knew it. He knew that what he was doing was important. How, no matter how insignificant it might have felt, you know, for other people looking at what he's doing, he understood that he was a part of this greater body accomplishing this amazing thing. I love that. Amazing. That's that's so good. Well, and yeah, and just to give one more charge about it, this is why it matters, guys. This is why it matters that you're you're convicted and committed to 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 remaining with us and gathering because we need you. The church needs you. Our church family needs you. You know, when we pull your leg here telling you you need to wrestle your kids in here and still be committed to church. It's not because we want your views on YouTube. It's not because we want you to to keep tithing every month or anything like that. It's because we know that our church people need you and you need them. That this is how we were designed to do it. So we hope that that, that heart is, is coming across as we talk about this. And and you know, something that is so important for us, and because that's such a great example of doing this amazing thing, putting, you know, doing this Apollo mission. But comparatively to what we are doing as the church, that's something that will fade away. That's something that will pass away with this age. But what we're doing as a church has eternal significance. Yes. There's nothing yeah. more important than what we do as a church. Yeah. We're talking and, and, about salvation of souls here. I love it, dude. You're getting fired up. I love it. And plus, plus the moon landing maybe didn't even happen, right? It might've been, it might've been in a Hollywood basement, right? Oh boy. Edit, edit that one out. Censor. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I, I do love that. Uh, they didn't put him in on the moon, whatever. It's true. In some degree, it's like, man, that is an incredible feat of humanity to do that on a different level. And don't get offended if you're a space fan. Sorry, Matt Dow, if you're listening, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> we put a dude on a, on a lifeless rock in space. That's cool. We had the potential to contribute towards adding people to the new world when Jesus comes back. Like how much more incredible should that be as it gets us fired up about stuff? Amen. <laughs> It should. It should really, it should really light light a fire under us. You know, it's good. Yeah, that's really good, guys. So, gather, scatter, matter. Those are our three anchor words. You know, as we kind of get ready to close out this week, um, we just want to encourage you to to be doing something with this. You know, we we have these discussions and we we listen and learn on Sunday mornings, but. We're convinced that the word of God is alive and, it, and it's there for us to do something with it. And so with that in mind, we want to encourage you to go to vbc.online, go to the Sunday tab, and then look at the message notes. And at the bottom there, you'll see the discussion and reflection questions. And I mean, this could take five minutes. It's such a short chunk of your week that could be so fruitful to go through these four questions, pray through them. And as you do it, just just have these three words in mind, like gathering scattering and, and mattering for Christ. How is that resonating with you? You know, one of those questions asks you, which one of these are easy for you? Which ones of them are, are hard for you? And there's another question about, about sacrificing for Christ in pursuit of these things. So we just want to encourage you before this coming Sunday, just take five minutes and go through these questions and, and trust that God's going to use them to, to grow you and, and develop you. That's so great, Sean. Thanks for, for encouraging us to do that. And hey, I think it'd be cool before we before we sign off just to give people a little taste of what is coming next for our our series 
that we're going to be focusing on as we move into the Christmas season, which can you guys believe it's already Christmas time? I just, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's great. Um, but David, why don't you just kind of tell people what we're going to be going through? Give, give them a little, a little teaser, kind of whet their appetite for uh, our Christmas series. Tell them, tell them what's coming. Yeah. I'm so excited just to be able to hear these messages. And I know everyone else is going to be super excited about it too. So the title is Thrill of Hope. And what is so thrilling about this hope that we have, particularly in, in thinking about Christmas and you know the birth of Jesus, what we really want to focus on are what are the implications, the magnitude, the encouragement of Jesus becoming the incarnate word, that he is God who became a man here on earth. What does that mean specifically? And we want to do something special for this Christmas series, something that would really be engaging. Uh, And so what we landed on, which is going to be so cool, is that we're going to be doing a series through some different passages of Hebrews, which anyone who knows Gary Darnell knows that he loves Hebrews and he loves to teach through that and has incredible insights. And so we're going to hit on a couple of different sections of Hebrews that really reveal to us what is so amazing about God becoming a man, being born uh, in this way that we celebrate every year. And so for for the Christmas Eve service, we'll still do uh, something that will be very encouraging that everyone will, will be able to... Uh, bring folks to uh, through one of the Gospels. But leading up to Christmas, uh, we'll be doing a series through Hebrews. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. Man, I'm pumped. I'm Sounds already great. excited. I'm already thrilled. And uh, Sean and I are working on a song, too, um, a, a Chris, an original Christmas song that, that will hopefully capture some of those same thoughts and stuff, too. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks for joining us. You know, I just want to, as we end, um, just think about what we, what we read in Acts seven, you know, I was just chewing on that a little bit. Just put yourself there, put yourself there in, in that setting when Stephen was giving his speech and being stoned for Christ. And man, this is what people lived and endured and went through in, in, in pursuit of honoring Christ and making his name known. And I know I don't want to belittle at all the hardships that many of us are going through now with COVID, but just take that and and pray through it and contrast it with what people have done throughout generations for Christ. You know, Stephen, in his speech, he referenced uh, Psalm 119. He said, heaven is my throne. And that's our prayer for us, that as we're thinking through this stuff, as we're thinking about our design, as we're thinking about being ambassadors, heaven is our throne. We're not seated here in the world. Heaven is what we're looking to, what we're excited for, we're building our hopes towards. So we hope that this week you've been doing that, that this podcast has helped you do that. We hope that as we move into the the new Christmas series, that we're reminded of just this, this thrill of the hope we have in Christ because heaven is our throne. And so just as you you think about that, as you pray through that, we pray for you that God will continue to fill your heart with, with a joy and a hope that will really fire you up. Like we've been talking about that will fuel you as you go out and then scatter, whether it's in your school zoom or in your workplace or in your household or in your marriage, that he will fuel you to be an ambassador for Christ as we spread the good news. 
We love you guys. Again, we're so thankful for all of you, and we will tune in with you guys next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.